Hello everyone. I hope you all are doing well. It is me, Victoria Baxter of Saved and Single and also of New Thing Life Coaching. I know I was not able to um, to come on this past Saturday to do the Sassy Saturday special. As a lot of you know, I was hosting and speaking at the second annual Women at the Well conference. Saved and Single is a part of the JAL ministry, all tied to God is Love Incorporated, which is my nonprofit organization. So last week was hectic. Saturday was, you know, crazy, whatever else. But Nevertheless, here we are. Um, you can learn more about me and the ministry at www.thejalministry.com, clicking on Saved and Single. Um, you can also visit newthinglifecoaching.com to, uh, to learn more about me and the coaching side of things and all of that other good stuff as well. So all of this month, I've been uh, talking about sex a lot because I know it's something that, you know, plagues us as Christians and especially as single Christian women. I know that all of us are in different places right now with you know, sex. And, and, and as far as that's concerned, I know that some of us are, um, some of us are abstaining from sex. Some of us are still sexually active. Some of us are, you know, in a relationship and yeah, we're Christians and we just don't see sex as being that big of a deal. And some of us, you know, we're, we're having sex for different reasons, whatever. So I've just been talking about sex in general, not necessarily as a means to convince anyone on why they should stop, not to encourage anyone to keep going either. I myself have talked about, you know, how I have been abstinent now for two years. It's actually been two years, four months, three weeks, and um, I think like four days, and I could probably tell you down to the hour and everything else, but I'm not going to go there. What I wanted to talk about, um, just for a few minutes, because I look a hot mess, I'm about to go, you know, take a shower, and I got other stuff to do today. And, well, those who are listening to the podcast, they can't see that, but what I wanted to talk about was abstinence versus celibacy, because a lot of people get those things confused, and they don't understand what the difference is. And honestly, I was somebody, I would use them, um, you know, pretty much in the same way as well. So I just wanted to provide just a little bit of clarity and insight as to what the two are and how you may or may not be using one of those terms incorrectly. Abstinence. Abstinence is pretty much just not having sex. It may or may not have anything to do with a religious reason. Some people are abstaining from sex because of medical reasons. It could be religious reasons. It could be just because they just they they want that peace. Maybe it's a temporary, um, it's something temporary that they are doing. It doesn't have anything to do about waiting for a husband. Some people just decide to abstain and to refrain from having sex. And abstinence does typically encompass vaginal, oral, and anal sex. And I'm just, you know, putting that out there, but just I wanted to talk about all of these things. So that's what abstinence is. Abstinence saying I am abstaining, and it's typically for a reason, but it's always temporary as well. Celibate. That is a choice. It is voluntary, and it is because of religious purpose religious purposes. And what that means is there is no sexual activity and it also means you're not thinking about marriage at all. You're you're saying like I'm not I'm choosing to not be married. I'm choosing to not have sex and I'm also not choosing to be married at this time. It is straight purity. So the thing is you can be abstinent because of your celibacy. It was something else I was going to say but I just forgot. But yeah, so you can be abstinent because of your celibacy. And obviously, if you are celibate, it means that you are abstinent. But if you are abstinent, the question is really just trying to figure out why are you abstinent and what are you abstaining from? Because a lot of people, their whole thing is, you know, well, I'm celibate, but me and my boyfriend, we still want to make sure that we please each other. So, you know, they may engage in 
oral sex or something like that. So that is someone who is still struggling with sexual immorality. Um, and again, and you're not celibate because celibate means you're completely pure and there's like no sexual activity at all. Abstinence means no sex, no oral, no anal, no vaginal, no nothing. But again, it doesn't necessarily have to do with religious reasons. It has nothing to do with waiting for God, you know, for your husband or for your wife. It's saying, I don't want to have actual intercourse, but perhaps you don't see anything wrong with hopping in bed, you know, with a man or a woman, doing a lot of kissing and touching and, you know, allowing, you know, things to go and, and run wild, you know, and, and allowing lust to take over and, and things like that. I know that some of you would say, you know, that's an accident waiting to happen. Some people have a lot of willpower. Some people are able to do those things. And honestly, I can admit I've been there before. Now, you know, of course, with being abstinent, I stay away from that. But there were times before as well, if I knew that I didn't want to have sex, you know, whether it was for whatever reason or I was thinking about becoming celibate or abstinent, whatever. But it was easy for me to be in bed with the man. And yeah, we could kiss, hug, touch, all that other good stuff and still not have sex. It is something I do not recommend to anyone. And I say that because you never know. Some people, they're not able to put that wall up. They'll still end up giving in. Um, some people, you know, they, a, a man, some men, they're not going to let it go. But so far, so some men, they don't know how to control themselves. And it can end up being a forced situation. And of course, when you look at stuff like that, the Bible is still clear about lust and sexual immorality. So, Touching and groping you, you really, really have to be careful as far as that's concerned. But I hope that I did provide a little bit of um, clarity as far as abstinence and celibacy is concerned. Because like I said, there is a difference. The main way to know what it is that you're truly you know, participating in is looking at what are you doing and what are you not doing and what is your reason for doing so. I know that a lot of people say, well, I'm celibate. And then you have some people that are quick to say, well, don't say that you're celibate because that's saying that you never want to get married. Not necessarily. It's saying that right now I am not having sex and right now I'm not thinking about marriage. It may or may not happen. So you can say you're celibate in that case. If you're saying right now I am worried about me being pure for me, focusing on God, walking in my purpose and doing everything else, then in a sense, yeah, that is celibate. But if at any point it's one of those, you know, I'm waiting on my husband and I know I desire to get married and when I get married, whatever else, that's something different. So that's where celibacy and abstinence come into play. And that, that's where the difference comes into play. Think about um, like priests and nuns. Those are people who are celibate forever. They're never having sex and they are never getting married. So they are celibate and abstinence is a part of their celibacy, obviously. So those two things go hand in hand for people like that. So one thing about me, I'm always very transparent. I gave up sex and I said that I wanted to become celibate. But really what I was doing was I was abstinent. I still had the desires for sex. I still thought about sex a lot. There were times that I still masturbated a lot. You know, all those other different things. So that is not celibate because I was not pure. I was abstinent. I was not celibate. And what I did was when I had um, a minister and his wife and I, I told them, you know, how I was struggling with the guy, you know, and how I wanted to give in and have sex or whatever at that point. But I was like, oh, you know, God's going to be mad at me and blah, 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 and all this other different stuff. And what they told me and what they recommended to me was you need to pray over a spirit of celibacy. 
And it didn't make any sense to me, of course, at that time. And then I realized, yeah, it does, because right now I'm just abstinent. I'm not having sex, but I'm not doing anything with these desires, with the thoughts. And I was abstinent because I was wanting a husband. So they were also letting me know you need to pray over a spirit of celibacy because all that other stuff still existed. I had not gotten to the root of the issue. If you are abstaining, kudos, high five, it is not easy. But making that step to eliminate sex, like that's just the first step. Like it is so much more that comes to it. Like you have to literally die to self every day. You have to make up in your mind every day that that is your stance and that is what you are doing. Because I wanted sex, I, I had thoughts of sex and I, I wanted those thoughts of sex and marriage to go away. So I knew that I needed to pray over that spirit of celibacy because in my mind, okay, I'm abstinent. So my husband's going to come soon. I can't wait to have sex. You know, I can't wait to get married so I can have sex with my husband. So everything was still tied to sex and marriage. So that's why I needed to pray over that spirit of celibacy and take it beyond just being abstinent. And at that point, I went through a point where I was celibate saying, no sex, no matter, like I didn't want that to be at the forefront at all. Because what we all have to understand is that just because you have a desire for marriage doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be married. Like it is not everybody's will to actually get married. So I try to get women to understand that, but they typically don't want to hear me as far as that's concerned. I have a couple of myths that I want to give you all and, and I'm going to close this out because I wasn't going to be here long. Um, so there are some myths, some falsities revolving um, around celibacy. So lie number one is, you know, that celibacy means you're never wanting to get married. Lies. Just because you're celibate, it does not mean that you never want to get married, but a celibate state of mind takes the focus off of marriage and sex in the near future. That's what happens is that when you're saying I'm celibate, you're not saying I never want to get married. I never want to have sex. You're saying that right now in this place, in this season, those are the furthest things away from my mind. Even if somebody, you know, I met him right now, he checked everything off. Like you're not thinking about marriage. You're not thinking about sex at all in the near future. I was there years ago. So let's clear that up. So celibacy does not mean you never want to get married. Lie number two, celibacy is only for clergy or those in high religious positions. False. Many people are celibate and maybe not necessarily because of religion, whether celibate or abstinent. In that case, some people do it just because they like the clarity that comes with it and being able to focus on other things. Again, me not having sex, I realize my clarity is at an all-time high. My peace at an all-time high. My wisdom, all-time high. Discernment all-time high. So I, again, I have that peace with not having sex because I don't have to worry about, again, is somebody cheating on me? Is somebody, you know, having sex with her, you know, tonight the same way he, he gave it to me good last night? I don't have to worry about pregnancy scares. I don't have to worry about STDs. I don't have to worry about soul ties, getting attached, none of those things. So for me, there is a peace that comes along with it. And again, for me, it was... Mine was a little bit of on the spiritual side in the sense of, again, I knew that I wanted to get married, but I was like, okay, well, you're praying for a husband, but you're having sex with people that are not your husband. And you know that sex is something that is for your husband. So I knew I needed to give it up, but I didn't give up sex thinking, okay, well, now that I've given up sex, okay, that means I'm about to get married. So for me, it was, I just, I wanted to honor God with my body. And I wanted to also more than anything, realize that 
I was doing things backwards. I was doing things backwards for too long and it was time for me to make a change in my life. So that was that. Lie number three, making the decision is the hardest part. It is not, like I said, it's not the hardest part. That is what I thought until I woke up and then I realized that abstinence and celibacy is a choice that you make every single day. I think giving it up is initially going to be the easy part. It's not going to be easy, you know, it's not like super easy, but it's going to be a little bit easy than you, like giving it up, it's like, oh, okay, cool, I can do this. But then when you realize that that is a choice, then you realize every single day I made this commitment, I made this vow. So giving it up is, you know, make, making the decision to just become celibate or to become abstinent, that is not going to be the hardest part of it. It's making that choice every single day and sticking with it. That's where the, the, the whatever comes in. Lie number four, desires and urges can be prayed away in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. No, that is not true. It is not true. And again, desires and the urges come up. I love the, the group that we have on Facebook, the saved and single group, because we can talk about these things. We can encourage each other because a lot of us are abstinent. Some are abstinent, some are celibate, some are virgins. And we can talk to each other and, you know, say, hey, like, how do you deal with this? How do you deal when the urges come? Like, how do you, you know, handle whatever else the case might be? It's okay to be open and honest. Talk to somebody else who... Maybe they're not going through it, but they can still encourage you. I have one of my friends. She's not abstinent, you know, and she is a Christian. But, you know, of course, she is, you know, convicted on it or whatever as far as that's concerned, um, you know, as far as sex is concerned. But I can go to her as well. And I know that she's not going to be like, girl, just go get some. Like, just have sex. It's not that big of a deal. You know, doesn't his grace cover a multitude of sins? Like, you'll be forgiven. No, she's like, you know, you got this. And she'll like, remember why you started doing this. Think about how you will feel if you do give in. So I'm thankful for that. I have another friend in the group, Misha, calling you out. I love her. Me and Misha, we text all the time. And I'll text her sometime like, oh, you know, I'm having one of those days. I'm kind of, you know, I'm struggling a little bit, whatever else. So you have to do whatever works for you as far as, um, the desires and the urges, but just telling people all the time, just pray about it. Just pray about it. I'm so sick of the just pray about it. And I, I talk about that. All, my answer for everything is prayer. However, when you have people that are suicidal, dealing with mental illness, um, not wanting to go see a therapist and certain things, all because everyone is telling them to just pray about it, pray it away, pray, pray, pray. We got to do more than just pray. Pray is awesome. Yes, but that is not the only tool that we have access to. So it is okay to be honest about how you feel, to talk to someone when you are struggling, and to find another activity, take up a hobby, do something to take your mind off of it. Me, I normally pray before I go to bed, you know, every night anyway, but when those urges come to me now, a lot of times what I do is I turn my worship music on and I go to sleep. I'll avoid social media, I'll avoid Instagram because I'm still in the process of cleaning up my personal Instagram page because a lot of the people that I were following, they might post a lot of sex memes. And some of them would even put like some inappropriate clips or whatever and stuff like that. So I know, okay, stay away from Instagram. I love the shade room. I love celebrity gossip and entertainment, just being honest. I love the shade room, but right now, what is it like the B2K tour and stuff like that? And then you've got spectacular and, you know, and different people bringing women on stage and, you know, they're doing all these sexual acts. So I know when I go to bed at night, don't go to social media. Don't go to Instagram because you might see something that might get you into a certain place. And I don't want my mind roaming. I don't want my hands roaming. I don't want nothing roaming at all. 
Like no Rome up in here. Like no, no Greek, no Rome, no nothing. So what I try to do in that time is I play my worship music and then I go to sleep. So desires and urges cannot just be prayed away. That is another lie. Lie number, where we at? Lie number five, celibacy is unnatural and uncommon. I remember when I celebrated my two years back on January 1st and I posted it and, you know, and somebody had even commented like, you know, that is crazy. Okay, but do you da 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 and like who would do something like that? Girl, mind your own business and leave me alone. Like, leave me alone. It is not unnatural. It is not uncommon, whether it's celibacy or abstinent. It is not uncommon. Maybe, maybe let's say this. You got to define common because what's common for you might not be common for me. Put it that way. So a lot of people are doing it, just not a lot of people talk about it because of lies like this, where people say it's uncommon, it's unheard of, it's 2019, sex isn't that big of a deal. So you'd be surprised at some of the people who have been abstinent for years, for, and also some people who are celibate. You'd be surprised, and again, even inside my private group, some women that I've talked to, you know, in the group and one-on-one, -on -one, like I know some people, it has been over 10 15, some of them almost 20 years. Lord help me. I don't want to have to go that long, but it is not uncommon. So again, you have to define what common is to you. But I know the Bible and I know that because even with the Bible, the Bible, it was written years ago. It says sex is for husband and wife. I don't care how long ago the Bible was written. That has not changed. And while it might be the road less traveled, it is the natural order. So do not let anyone tell you that celibacy or abstinence is uncommon. I had men tell me that before and it played a part into why I did not want to give up sex. And it also was part of why I almost gave in after becoming abstinent slash celibacy state of mind. Lie number whatever. I don't know. No one's keeping track. Those that are celibate judge others that are engaging in sin. Lie. For those of us who are abstinent, for those of us who are celibate, for those of us who are virgins, and even if it is for a religious reason, most of us, we are not judging anyone. We're not thinking about what anybody else is doing. Sorry, I got to check my phone. I got somebody coming to fix my uh, to fix my dryer. I had to make sure that wasn't them. Um, but a lot of us, we are not thinking about whatever anybody else. We're not judging anybody. And I've had a lot of friends who've always been nervous, you know, telling me about, you know, them, you know, their sexcapades and how they are engaging in sex or whatever else. And not even necessarily to trip me up, but I think they want to make sure that I'm not judging them. Do what you got to do. First of all, yes. Is it a sin? Yes, it is. But so is smoking cigarettes. So, so is getting drunk. So is profanity, lying, stealing, whatever else. When you walk with God, when you die to self and live for Christ... Continue to be you. He will show you the things that he wants you to work on and change. When you actually spend time with him and you have that intimate relationship, he will convict you on certain things and he will get you to that place he wants you to be. For me, it was sex and I was begging and pleading, kicking and screaming, Lord, please, I have given up like profanity. I don't get drunk no more. Like I will become vegan. Please don't make me give up sex. It is the reason why it took me seven years before I finally gave into it, you know, or gave in, you know, and became celibate, you know what I'm trying to say. But I don't judge anybody that is still having sex. Now, yes, is it my prayer and my desire that everybody would become abstinent? Of course. But I'm not going to force anybody to do that. And even with me doing coaching, I coach single Christian women, period. Like that is what I do. I coach single Christian women that desire to be married one day for those who, you know, are trying, whatever, self-love, self-esteem, you know, bad habits, all that other good stuff. 
or just wanting to find contentment, I coach single Christian women. But whether or not you're having sex is not going to determine whether or not I will take you on as a client. If you are having sex, again, I am still a Christian coach and I'm operating under Christian values and principles. Are we going to talk about sex? Yes. But is it going, am I going to be judging you? No. Am I going to be telling you, okay, well, until y'all stop having sex, we can't work together. Or, okay, well, until you stop having sex, like we're, we're not allowed to talk about your sinful relation. I'm not judging anybody. Like I said, is it my desire to see it? Absolutely, because I know the benefits of it. And I know that it's walking in obedience, but I'm not judging. And most of us that are celibate or abstinent, we are not judging either. So that's another lie. The last lie that I would tell you is that celibacy is easy. Lie. Lie, lie, lie. Lie, lie, lie. Lie from the pits of hell, lie. For me, it has been almost two and a half years. I know some people it's coming up on eight years. Like I said, I know somebody else... It's almost 20 years. I know another 12 years. Just because we're doing it doesn't mean that it's easy. Now, it does get easier and the urges aren't really there as much. Once you've made like once you've gone like a couple of months, it really does get easier. Do the urges still come? Absolutely. And of course, there can be something. It's almost like no matter what, you can shut off all the TV you want and all the radio. We're still natural and we're still human. And especially if it's something you've experienced before, you're going to sometimes think about maybe the way that somebody made you, the way it happened, you know, or whatever. You can see him or see her, you know. It could be something on, t like the urge, like it's still, whatever. Something can still trigger it. So nobody said it was easy. What we are saying is that it is worth it to walk in obedience to Christ. So the lie is that it's easy. It's not easy. But the truth is that it's worth it and you will feel better. So that is all I have. I hope I, I hope I've cleared up some things for some of you all as far as celibacy and abstinence is concerned. I wanted to talk about it because, like I said, a lot of people are unsure and they use them interchangeably. They don't know what they should be saying and all that other good stuff. Give me your thoughts, your feedback, your comments, your questions. I always say all questions can come to the sasministry at gmail.com. But drop your comments, like, comment, share. I want to see what you all have to say about it. And if you are somebody who is abstinent, celibate, whatever, let me know how long you've been on this journey because other people, you can encourage others. I think now that more people are speaking about it, it's encouraging virgins to continue to wait and it's encouraging others to keep holding on. It's also encouraging others to make that step to do it because we're showing them that we can do it. Y'all, if y'all go back, like I said, what? About four months ago, I think that was January 1st, when I put it on my personal page, you know, celebrating two years. It was wonderful looking at all those comments of all the different women who were saying, hey, me too. And it's been this long for me, this long for me. Like it was so refreshing to see how many people who also admitted the same thing. And a lot of people, I've been friends with them and they, they've never posted it. And it's not my business, but I'm saying when one person speaks, it encourages others to do the same. So... Just think about that, okay? But I love you all. Thank you all for tuning in. Again, do me a favor. Go to the JALministry.com. Click on Saved and Single. Subscribe to All Things SAS. And I have a new line, a sub-program type thing of Saved and Single that's tied into New Thing Life Coaching that I'm about to launch. Because I'm going to be honest, there are a group of women who are just, they're just saved and single. That's it. It's not how to prepare. It's not how to heal. It's not contentment. It's nothing. There is also a group of women, they don't always want to admit it, some people don't want to talk about it. There's also a group of women that are saved, 
and single, but they're also frustrated. They're single and frustrated. And I'm about to start some separate stuff that I'm so excited about that is just for those who are single and frustrated. So connect with me um, on Saved and Single, the Saved and Single page. Subscribe to SAS, and then I will be sending out emails to let you know how to stay connected to the single and frustrated line because there are a lot of people that are in that boat. And that is primarily the audience that I'm called to. And now that a lot of things are really shifting in my coaching business um, and upcoming stuff, you know, a lot of free things, some paid things, some on the higher end, I will admit. But um, I am called for those single women who are saying, what am I doing wrong? I'm sick of being single. So if you are single and frustrated, connect with me. I promise you, we're going to ride this thing out together. I got you. Um, breakout sessions, still scheduling those for that one hour power session for that lady who was saying bye to bad habits, to the past. I need to end this relationship. I need some self-love, some self-esteem. I need to do things differently. Help me determine what I've been doing wrong. That is when you don't get nice, sweet, little angelic Victoria. You get professional BFF, sister girl, tell it like it is. And we're going to get some results in one hour that will absolutely change your life. But you can do that at newthinglifecoaching.com. Click on book. I think it's under personal development and it's breakout. You can schedule your appointment there. Also, if you do bit.ly forward slash woman breakout, it'll take you straight there as well. Um, but I have a lot of coaching services and different things. So connect with me wherever. Let's just stay connected. I love y'all. God bless you all. And I pray that you enjoy the rest of your Thursday. And yep, I'll still be right back here on Saturday for the Sassy Saturday special. Let me go take a shower because I look a hot mess. Talk to y'all later. Bye.